Hello, welcome to Spicy Salted Chocolate Podcast. We are back, and today we're going to have a few things that we're talking about, but first, let's say hello to our hosts of the day. We have Franz, aka Christopher. We have- How you do, how you do. Yes, thanks. We have Frank, <laughs> aka me. We have Frank Hay, aka <laughs> Lily. What up? Hey! And then, last but not least, we have Franklin, not the turtle. We have Christina. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, you know, next time we are try- trying to get him in. He's quite expensive, so. Who's booked? Yeah, he is all booked up. Actually, not because of COVID, but anyway. <laughs> what is that? Very popular Zoom speakers. Thank you very much. Oh, true. Yeah, it's actually been overworked since <laughs> He he needs some time in his shell. No, he didn't want to come out of his shell. That's where it best I think I like the first one better, actually. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, so for our first little question here, we're going to talk about something that I found to be a little controversial. The other day, I was talking to some friends, and they were like, do you drive with the windows down in the summer or do you have your air conditioning on in your car and so my answer was I drive with the windows down and the air conditioning on <laughs> I realized that that may not be what is the norm so I want to hear from my spicy salted chocolate podcast um fellow hosts here what do you guys do for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God my goodness so uh go ahead Lily <clears throat> go Frankie, ahead, my go ahead. no go Frankie ahead. take it away so i i like to do both air conditioning and windows down but i always feel guilty about it and i can never fully enjoy it and as i do it even with the guilt and the shame i um i was gonna say i see the when i start seeing my gas get lower is when I'm like, you know what, Lils, just choose one. So normally I just choose windows down because I'd rather, I don't know, I just would rather have the window down. But then like in the same car ride, I'll go back and forth between AC and window. It's so bad. Yep. Mm. I just like the ambiance of the small city, <laughs> but the coolness of the air conditioning. Wow. All right, Franklin, put them on blast. <laughs> This is your moment. It's just shocking, really. It's really? <laughs> what a way! It's like a toilet paper thing all over again. <laughs> it is. First of all, like you're wasting. Like it's it's counterintuitive. It's counterproductive because you're just letting all that cool air. Run yeah, you still feel it. You feel it. That's the. All, a, that's what you're trying to do. It's when not fuel efficient. It's not fuel efficient. What does that not, have to do with your not. fuel? I don't understand that. What are you talking about? What does it have to do with what? Having what? the windows down? Yeah. Yes. That affects Is it like and, harder to drive? Yes, having the windows down. Yes, ruins your fuel efficiency. I did not know that. Wow. Wait, it ruins it? 
Yes, it's yes, it uses more you lose more gas when your windows are down. Oh, but it doesn't long term ruin it, just in the moment ruin it. <laughs> Y'all can see right now. Anyways. Things you have to consider. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um I drive with the AC. And if I don't drive with the AC, I turn off the AC and I roll the windows down with the AC off. And I'll open my sunroof. So I'll have fuel circulation. Mm -hmm. Or I'll do one window down in the front and one window down in the opposite side on the back because you don't have that weird whoop, 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 whoop sound in your ears. Wisdom. But you don't have the AC running. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. I don't know how to do it. That was pretty accurate, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So. And then you have the child safety locks on just in case someone decides to get creative in the backseat. Preach. Okay, Chris, do you feel the same way about this? Uh, So Franklin spoke for me. Um, I'll say uh, the city that we live in, it's very humid. And so rolling the windows down is like, oh, hot, uncomfortable air all over me. That's not really what I'm going for. (laughs) So I really don't drive with the windows down and the AC off until it's like spring or fall. And you get a nice cool Mm, breeze, like fall, windows down, you're winning. Summer, Mm. you just got to go with the AC um, and just, it is what it is. Keep the windows up, make sure your car is aerodynamic, get that fuel efficiency up on all your long trips. but yeah, windows down and AC on, that's just wrong. Interesting. <laughs> okay, well, the thing is, I can't do all that like back window stuff because my car is the Honda Element, so I have to be back there and physically open and close the window. Mm, yeah, so, what you do leathers. is you roll the window down before you drive off. You don't roll, no, you can't roll. It's like a, you it's push just the, like a little gap thing, like a hinge. Yeah, and like opens up like an inch and a half, and then it closes. Oh, you can do that. Like a venting. Like a venting. Just do that before you drive off. No. Yeah. I I do what I do. Okay. That's that's where I'm at. Just make sure you put the tripod on upside down too while you're at it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, well, y'all let us know what you guys think about that. Um, Wait. Question. Yes. What about with the heat? Is it the same rule for heat and winter? Why come you having your windows open with the heat Sometimes, on? Sometimes, yeah. I do that because I really want the fresh air. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Franklin, what's going on? We're all alone. Do you do that? <laughs> yeah. So Frankie. This is a fancy land. Where in the winter, you drop the heat on and the windows down so that heat just goes flying out. So you only half freeze. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you have the window all the way down or like cracked? It's cracked. No, it's all the way. It it's all the, the way down for Frankie. I Sometimes see he just wants like a nice rush of cold all air. All the windows down. Appreciate the heat oh my of the gosh. car. And then oh you put it back up. Put it back down. Ten minutes later, put it back up. Exactly. You two are being held personally responsible for the state our environment is in. Oh my God! Jesus, no, it's my environment. It's my environment. 
it's fine. It's awful. I have never heard. I thought it was ridiculous in the summer, but you guys have ascended to a whole new level of. <laughs> I feel so impressed that I'm not the only one. It's really. The thing nice. is, I'm actually constantly adjusting my air conditioner. Like I have it <laughs> cold, really cold, medium cold, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then I put down the windows, trying to find that perfect combo. Me too. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a generational thing, Chris. I think. I, so I think, based on this conversation, millennials <laughs> ended in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gen Z. She is not. Oh my. <laughs> that song from a line. Name that song. I'm really offended by that. Anyway, Chris, this is actually your time now to transition because, guys, we have a huge announcement to make. A big announcement. Christopher, take away. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we got a DM, not an email. DML. Somebody oh. contacted us. Oh. I was so confused. I thought we were doing that as the introduction, and so when we didn't, I was like, I guess we're not talking about that. She pulled an audible on us. Chris, are you uh, eating? Maybe. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Podcast is off to a great start. Yeah. So oh, we're not Christopher so. or should I say? eating Fran. I am. Frans. Christina okay. called a DM, so she should share it. Oh, That's sure. true. Yeah, no one's emailed me, so I don't have anything to give. <laughs> I'll do it, though. I'll do it for you, Christina. I got you, Franklin. Google hard, AC on, windows up. So we had a message sent to us a couple weeks ago. And a, a dear, a friend of mine from my college days, shout out, Anna Marie, um, asked this question. How do you navigate honoring and respecting your parents on issues when they disagree with life choices you make? I thought it was a very relevant question for people for our, of our age demographic um, who listen to this. Um, so first of all, if there's anyone listening under the age of 15, I'm just going to say, uh, first of all, suck it up and, and follow your parents' instructions so long as they're not telling you to sin or break the law. Um, <laughs> otherwise, if you're an adult, we're just going to kind of go around and give one piece of advice as we feel we can contribute based on our experience. Um, I would say my piece of advice would be um, you can't control what you parent, what your parents think of you, but I think you can control your response to when you feel like they're being unfair. Um, and so I would say you don't have to, as an adult, feel like you have to cater to your parents' opinions and preferences. Um, you are your own person. You are making your own decisions. Um, I think if you're living under their roof, you know, perhaps there's some things you want to think about compromising in that regard. Um, but if you're living on your own, you know, they can give you feedback, but I think you do have to establish boundaries. Um, and yeah, that can be an uncomfortable conversation to have to say, Hey, listen, I understand these are your opinions. Um, this is how I feel. Um, and, you know, kind of setting those up and just knowing that at a certain point, yes, they're still your parents, but then you're also interacting with them just as adults who are responsible interacting with each other. Um, and so just make sure you kind of keep your heart 
um, and a position of honor, but that doesn't mean you have to cater or um, defer to what they're saying. If you feel like, you know, you've prayed about it and you feel good and peace about the decision you're making. Hmm. Good. Maria, do you want to go next? Or I don't know what order <clears throat> y'all Zoom looks, but. Yeah, I can go next. Um, let's see. I feel like I I have a lot of experience with this. Um, so I think that while you may disagree with your parents' opinion, especially if you're living with them right now, that's like a big deal. Like if you're living with them, you definitely need to respect the guidelines that they have in place. Because by being in their house, you're kind of putting yourself under their expectations and their rules. Um, and I think it's just kind and respectful to do what they say. And if you make a mistake and you don't do that, definitely being like, don't be defensive as much as easy as that is. Go talk to somebody else to do that, um, to vent if you need to, but just speak, like forgive, like ask for forgiveness and yeah, just definitely being quick to apologize, but also depending on your relationship with your parents, seek to understand more of their perspective about it. Um, yeah. That's good. Um, remember your parents are broken people too. Mm -hmm. um, that for me was like hard, I guess, because as a kid, you think like your parents perfect. Then the older you get, you're like, I think I might hate my parents. And then you're like, but actually I love my parents, but I like don't agree with them. And it just becomes a lot. Um, especially, I don't know, for me in high school, it was just really difficult <clears throat> to agree with my mom on anything. But I was like, I love my mom so much, but we just don't agree literally on anything. Um, and then I remember one break, I think it was like a winter break that I was home, her and I got into quite the discussion. <laughs> and, uh, I kind of realized like the reason one of the like triggers slash reasons I was acting the way I was. So for me, <clears throat> I'm actually a really good writer as far as like when I need to talk about my feelings, I have a hard time saying it uh, vocally, but I'm good at writing it out. So I wrote my mom like a really, really long, long text. And I kind of just said, Hey, I know that we tend to fight a lot. Um, I just need you to know, like, I'm 21, and I, can you just think about when you were 21, and remember that, like, I'm growing, and I know I'm not always right, and I just need a few years to kind of, like, get on my two feet and figure out, like, you know, my convictions and my beliefs, and as much as I wish that I could just inherit those from you, I can't, and so I just need us to really agree to disagree and um move forward because i can't like keep doing this um <clears throat> and thankfully she uh she actually responded through text too even though we were in the same house and she wrote back a really sweet like text and i think for her like she just didn't know where i was at and it was easier to get it across without the emotional tone in the voice um 
it was just easier to communicate that way. And that was, that's what worked for my mom and I. And now we have such a great relationship, honestly, even though it's not perfect. And yeah, I just think it's, it's a lot easier for me to let things go. when I remember, even if I'm triggered by something that my mom and dad are both broken people figuring out life too. Right. Franklin. Yeah. Um, I think for me personally, I I remember when I was 21, like growing up, there were things I took issue with, (laughs) particularly with my mom, because we are very similar, I think in a lot of ways. So we'd hit heads, bump heads a lot. Um, but I remember, I think it was my last year of college. I actually went to her and I was like, I'm really sorry for the way I acted (laughs) when we were growing up because like I'm starting to realize like you were actually really correct in maybe not the manner but like the heart behind what she was saying I think that's the continual um thread that I've carried with me is like I think as far as um the manner of operating or the means to the end, I don't always agree with in my parents. Um, I think we agree, I would say probably about like 80, 75 to 80% of everything. Um, And then like the other, you know, 25% of the time, it's like at the core, yes, I, I agree with you. As far as how we get to that point, I don't necessarily think the same, but I'm also still navigating what like the why's behind it and like why do I feel um differently about this and what is it about it that I feel differently and just kind of like going to the core not just like making sure I'm not just disagreeing because I'm like I'm my own person I make my own decisions but like really like okay this doesn't resonate with me for a reason I need to figure out why and um just being honest with them, like we are different people. I do believe the the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't say he convicts for different things, but I think like for each person, he knows um, what's best for each individual person. So there may be things that I um, am okay with that maybe wouldn't work for my mom or my dad um, because of their past, because of, you know, I don't know x y or z but there's certain things i like i remember (laughs) i got my nose pierced when i was um 22 and my dad was like all about it my mom on the other hand was not (laughs) and um that was like kind of a silly example but i was like i'm an adult i i i've thought about this like i don't feel any has like anything wrong about it so i'll just do it um and it disappointed my mom because it's her personal preference she doesn't you know, like that sort of thing, but it doesn't mean what I did was wrong. So, um, I think sort of sorting through what is morally (laughs) incorrect versus what is, you know, a personal preference, um, has helped me in navigating, agreeing with my parents or disagreeing and, you know, even having conversations about politics. Like I think we agree at the gist of things, but We've certainly had our debates about, you know, policy or whatever. And it's, I've just kind of, you know, you know what, like that's 
your perspective, that's what you feel convicted about, and that's great. Like, I respect that, and I just see a different, you know, direction for that, and that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just something we disagree on, so, you know, you're an adult, and I say, if you're, as long as you're listening to the Holy Spirit, and you're letting him convict you where there needs to be conviction, and you... There's no pause and there's no sin that's blinding you from hearing from the Lord. And I say, just keep doing what you're doing and be respectful and honor the decisions your parents have made for what they think is best for life, you know? Mm-hmm. Good stuff right there. And with that, we shall transition to our topic of the night for us. I don't know what time y'all are watching this, but um, so today we will be talking about something, I guess, close to my heart and mine. I don't know. I think about this a lot. So I was just curious about what my counterparts here would have to say. And so the context of this question is, is this a deal breaker in terms of your spouse agreeing or disagreeing about this topic. Um, But, okay, so the topic is women in church leadership. And kind of, we'll see where that goes, but there's probably a lot of facets of that. And I definitely want to preface that obviously this is not like a central part of being a Christian or the gospel. Like the most important things to be on the same page about are the gospel of Jesus came, he died, he was the son of God, he resurrected by, by God, and he did that for us and for our sins, and we can believe that. So that all aside, there's this question here, and I guess I should probably start, I don't know if anyone wants to start, but <laughs> um, my thing with this is that for me personally, I feel like it's kind of a big deal to be on at least a similar page about it just because I do feel called to go into ministry at some point and I would obviously like my future husband to support me in that and um, that I definitely have some kind of caveats to go with just women or really anyone going into ministry at all and I definitely think it's something that like people kind of glorify it as a position when really it's probably one of the toughest things that you can actually spend your life doing. And mm. most of the time people are going to, there's going to be someone that disagrees with you all the time. They're going to tell you about it. And there's just constant like conflict resolutions and minish and just praying for people. And it's a lot. Um, but with that, like, if someone feels like God is leading them to be in that setting full time to help the body that they feel called to that part of the body of Christ. And I think that's something that um, should be like discipled and walked through and um, encouraged because um, like, I think there's a lot missing um, in ministry right now. And Part of me was wondering today, I don't know exactly how I feel about this, but part of me thinks that it would be cool just to have women and men represented from the pulpit as representing God and Christ in 
I guess, the equal parts of who he is. Um, and just because he created both man and woman. And I think it's really important, one, from women to hear from other women in that setting, but also for men to hear from a woman in that setting. Um, because I think women have to sit there and listen to guys talk pretty much 90% of the time. And there are a lot of things that we don't need a football illustration every time. Like, <laughs> and from, you know, the pastor. Like, it's great, but I can't relate <laughs> at all. And I just don't know how to take running and this all that stuff. And I don't, and obviously some women love football and that's great. But, like, I am not personally encouraged or motivated by certain illustrations and just things like that. So I just think it's helpful to have that sort of, at least some sort of representation doesn't it can be like out of the 52 weeks of the year it can be eight weeks that's someone who's not a man you know like whatever people are comfortable with and like I know there's just a lot with like being ordained in that position and men being the head of the household and representing that but I'll let you guys start adding stuff here can I go? Yes, you can. Please, Franklin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say, just from the four of us, like, um, our perspective a little bit does come from the fact that both of our parents have been in pastoral ministry. So we are accustomed to a more egalitarian form of church leadership although I will say all of the elders um, in our church growing up were male um, so and I don't know all the, the doctrine or nuances to how they decided those things but I will just put that as preference our mom was an associate pastor and I think Lily's mom was the pastor as well um, <clears throat> yeah um, so that aside, I have done, I've spent a lot of time reading seminary papers <laughs> that are published on the internet. I've spent a lot of time reading blogs. I've, I've spent a lot of time reading other people's opinions about women in church leadership. And it is so split. And, you know, I, I see both perspectives, honestly. Um, I think what Maria brought up as far as like, the ordained part I think is kind of important and I think that's kind of what um separates some churches on this perspective um and I personally believe well <laughs> I'm not gonna say <laughs> come on all, all I'll say is I I don't think that Christ limits anyone in the body of Christ. If something needs to be said, it should be said. If he has spoken to you, you shouldn't feel limited to um, share simply because of your sex. Um, and um, as far, and if, I think there is a differentiation between pastors and preachers. Um, I don't think they're one and the same. So if we're talking about, should a woman be a head pastor I, versus can a woman be a preacher? I think that is two different conversations. Um, and um, I've heard really good arguments on 
both I lean towards one side. I think it's very contextual. I think a lot of times churches take um, these scriptures out of context a little bit. And I think Paul was speaking to a very specific group of people. Um, and I also think headship of the home does not necessarily equal how it should work in the church. That, that being said, I have a lot of thoughts and, you know, I'm willing to hear both sides. I have not settled necessarily in one particular camp, but I do uh, have that one opinion of, you know, Christ doesn't withhold from one type of person simply because of how they were created. Um, will that impact <laughs> who I marry? Yes, it will. Um, like Maria said, I think women, I, like some of my favorite features are, like Christine Kane, I think is an extremely anointed woman of God. Um, I have loved listening to some of her pa um, sermons. Um, she's not a pastor. But she's, she's a preacher. Um, she's not, I don't think she, I mean, I don't know what her position is in the church, but um, and she doesn't just speak to women. I know some people make the argument that women can speak to congregations of women, but not teach um, to a congregation. Um, she's taught to both, and um, she's just teaching what the Lord has spoken to her, and I don't think the Lord speaks gender specifically necessarily. Um, and um, yeah, there's just like a lot of women that I loved. And so if my husband was like, we can't listen to this person. Um, I would take issue with that because um, I do believe a lot shifts with the new covenant. I believe a lot of Old Testament um, rules um, do shift with what Christ did on the cross as far as like certain curses that applied to a people group prior to his death. Um, and I don't say this as a sort of, um, I don't say this as a, how should I put this? If, if, if God's true intention is that only men can be leaders in the church, I don't have a problem with that. I'll just say that. I don't, as a woman, or as far as like equality goes, if that's what God decides, that's what he decides, I'm don't have any <laughs> right to argue that um, if that is what he has chosen as far as leadership. Um, but I do think it would be strange that he would say that and not say and not specify what women can lead in any other facet of society. Mm -hmm. I, um, so I'll just pause at that. And um, that was a bit of a, scattered answer but um yeah i just think yeah it would be a deal breaker <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day not necessarily if he's like i don't believe a woman should be a head pastor i'm like okay you know yeah i can give you that mm -hmm. but if he's saying a woman can't serve in church leadership in a position at all um that's where we would probably have to have a conversation. Hmm. I guess I'll go next. Sure. All right. 
as the uh, I don't I don't I do not in any way speak for all men on this issue, even though I'm the sole man on this podcast right now. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say more than this. I'm going to say a couple of things. Um, number one, the way we think about church leadership for the vast majority of the American evangelical tradition is not how the Bible speaks about church leadership. Mm. The broad American church, the evangelical church, does not embrace currently the positions of apostle and prophet, mm-hmm. which in the New Testament are the two highest positions in church leadership in terms yeah. of the church as a body of Christ. And a lot of denominations have gone that those two positions don't exist anymore. Mm. So on that front, I think that's a whole different conversation you have to have. And for me, there's no evidence in scripture that would communicate that those two positions don't exist anymore. Mm. Nowhere in scripture that says that these positions of apostle and prophet have an expiration date, probably around the formation of the canon, you know, there's not in scripture. And so if you have churches that are not operating under that paradigm then i'm going to respectfully take with a grain of salt what they say about church leadership (laughs) because they're not in my opinion going completely based off the church leadership that scripture points out particularly looking at ephesians 4 when it says you have apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers all working together to raise up the body of christ for the work of the ministry (laughs) um now could you make an argument that that is the leadership of the church capital c and not necessarily the leadership of lowercase c churches i think you could make that argument but at that same token there's a the odds that um priscilla aquila's wife mentioned in acts is an apostle are very very high based on the way that it's referenced so Mm -hmm. if a woman could be in leadership in an apostolic role which would mm-hmm. have been higher than a deacon in certain respects. Um, I find it difficult to believe that a woman couldn't be a deacon when a deacon really was a servant of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to point out that in those letters to Timothy, when Paul's talking about the requirements, all the requirements are directed toward married dudes, not single guys. Mm-hmm. And I would be curious to know if churches that don't let women in leadership would let single guys be elders and deacons or not. I would just be curious. I'm not saying they don't, (laughs) but I would wonder what would make a single guy qualified to be a youth pastor or an elder or deacon when Paul never says they could be. Mm. Because then you're you're going beyond scripture at that point. Whoa. Dang. So these are things Mm. I think about. Um, So all that being said, I understand the arguments. Um, I respect the interpretations. Um, I will say this. If someone were to come to me and say, hey, listen, I don't think women should serve in the military. That is a position that I think is far more defensible by scripture than women can't be in leadership. Mm. Because there is no time in scripture where women are ever in the military. There's zero examples. Um, that's not true about women being in leadership. Deborah was a judge over the nation of Israel, which was a political position, yes, but also was a bit of a religious position. Now, was she uh, a priest? Mm. No, Um, but you have prophetesses um, in the Old Testament, um, in the New Testament, um, people operating, um, and Deborah spoke with the authority of God. And so 
clearly a woman having the ability to hear from God and speak authoritatively to men has precedence in the Bible. Um, now, we're not saying that anyone, man, men or women, are speaking so authority that they're going to add to the canon of scripture. We're not saying that. Um, but women can hear from the Holy Spirit in a way that they could have authority to say what God is saying and people should receive that, whether they're women or men. Um, I would agree with Christina that I think the issue of headship and marriage is different from leadership in the church. I think those things are often carried over when I think that's not, I, I think that's incorrect interpretation of scripture to use that as a defense for why women can't be in church leadership. Uh, the husband is the head over his wife, not someone else's husband over else, someone else's wife. Um, so that's kind of that. Um, deal breaker. I think it it would only be a deal breaker in this sense. It has to be important because how you have to raise your kids as a united front. Mm. I think if you can't raise your kids as a united front, there's going to be issues, right? Mm. And so for me, that's what I'm talking about, you know, the future Mrs. Webb. If the future Mrs. Webb or the potential future Mrs. Webb, so we're, we're seeing how this is going, right? If she's like, you know, not only do I think women shouldn't be in leadership, I think you're wrong to think that. Well, that's going to be a deal breaker. Because if we're raising kids and we have daughters and you have me saying, yeah, you know, God could call you to this position. She's like, no, your father is wrong. <laughs> that's not a united front. That's not going to work. And yeah. that's regardless of whether one of us are right. That's just not a healthy relationship to have as a married couple when we need to be on the same page, communicating the same message. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be difficult for her and I to help each other honor our convictions mm -hmm. when our convictions are opposed. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have to marry each other. I think God could bring us someone else who we might be on the same page with. Um, now, I would say if she feels like, hey, listen, where I am right now, I find it hard to embrace women being in leadership, but I understand that interpretation. I think that's a totally different position that yeah. I don't necessarily think is a deal breaker. Because um, I think what you do as a kid is like, hey, then you just, as a parent, what you should do anyway, is you just teach the perspectives and you mm -hmm. encourage your kids to walk by the spirit, to read the word. And you go, hey, listen, mom and dad don't agree, but we respect each other, are following Jesus. We're trying to understand the scriptures. We're trying to follow the leading of the spirit. And even though we don't necessarily agree in the interpretation, we believe that both of us are doing that. And therefore, we honor the opinions that we have. And you can do that. And I think that's a beautiful thing to model mm -hmm. for your kids if you can do it in that way. Um, mm -hmm. But I think if, if there's like, no, I think you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think that's a, I think you're just, you're setting yourself up for disappointment and fail. And, you know, at that point, I just think it wouldn't be wise. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be, in that sense, that, yeah, it would be a deal breaker. Now, if a man's going to try to tell my daughters they can't be in church leadership, we're going to have issues. <laughs> Let me just tell you that right now. You're trying to, no, that is not going to work. <laughs> you can debate the Bible all you want. Well, Go ahead, really? Frankie. Am I next? Am I? Yeah, Frankie. <sighs> oh, what a topic of conversation. <laughs> I didn't even know that people didn't believe women <laughs> shouldn't be leaders in ministry. 
until I got to college. And, mm. um, and I was in this girl's dorm room and we were just talking and I was telling her about how I thought it was weird how in my class they mentioned women shouldn't be in ministry or leadership. And she was like, well, I mean, yeah, like, I don't believe women should be pastors or in leadership at all. And I was like, very confused. And it actually turned out that in my classes, we also learned that. Needless to say, I transferred. <laughs> uh, not only because of that, but because of many reasons. But mm. that's one of the things. I It's crazy. Like, my mom um, was a co-pastor with my dad. So they both pastored the church. I mean, they both. So you gotta, we haven't even defined. Well, I guess. You said women in leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You have to even like define what a pastor is. And a pastor is somebody who shepherds other people. It's somebody who takes care of them, who walks with them when they're broken, who is willing mm -hmm. to their brokenness, who's willing to help them walk through things and counsel them and listen and feed them. And mm. I saw both my parents um, do those things. Actually, it's interesting, Chris mentioned apostleship um, because my dad did consider himself an apostle because somebody had spoken that over his life, mm -hmm. his mentor. Mm -hmm. And so our church actually like operated <clears throat> in that way. Mm. So, and my mom was the pastor and my dad was the apostle. And we had, mm -hmm. uh, we had a church board with two women on it, actually three or four women on it. Mm. Um, there was elders and then there was a board and this whole thing. Um, so I honestly didn't even know. Mm. All I saw was women killing it and men <laughs> supporting women and women supporting mm. men. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's very biblical. And I think a lot of times what I don't like to see in culture is when people are only for women and then women bash men. Mm -hmm. And men need us to support them. They, mm -hmm. really, do. They, really, really, they really do. We also mm. need men to support us. Mm -hmm. And it's so healthy, I think, to have a two-way system. I mean, we implement the buddy system in school at a young age for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we team up a lot of times, stronger and weaker person, even just physically speaking. And I think that we need to also do that spiritually. And I'm not saying women are spiritually weaker or men are spiritually weaker, but I think there are areas in which men can strengthen a woman and a woman can strengthen a man. And I think when it comes to church leadership, like I've only seen, I'm not going to say only, I've seen goodness come from that. And I've seen um, people work really well together. And um, I mean, you can make all the stereotypes you want all day and laugh, whatever. But I really believe at the end of the day, God just gives certain gifts to certain people. And even in the Bible where it talks about, you know, one person is the, the arm or right. But basically it all talks about how we're all part of the body mm -hmm. and um, who's to say who's what part and God is the head. So at the end of the day, no matter who's your pastor, who's not, doesn't God is God. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're not gonna, you're not going to put anybody above God. So it doesn't even, it shouldn't even, 
be a question about who is leading, like who's an authority over me, a man or a woman. It should be, am I following God's lead? Am I listening to God where he has me and whose leadership he has me under? And am I willing mm-hmm. to humble myself enough to listen regardless of gender? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. I didn't come as well researched as my friends, Frank and Franklin. I didn't uh, research that much either. So. Frankie just feels like somebody who doesn't research though. <laughs> <laughs> um, he comes to class like, yo, the homework. <laughs> 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 Can I add Um, one quick thing real quick? I do want to add to a certain extent, it may not feel like it, but this is a cultural interpretation, right? If you go outside of America, if you go to churches in Central America, South America, if you go to churches in Africa and other places, they don't have a problem with women in leadership. They don't have a problem with the apostolic, prophetic, evangelist, pastor, teacher model of leadership. You know, it's really in... European nations or nations influenced by that European thought, that enlightenment thought that carry this pastor being the head of the church, women not being in leadership, you know, um, American patriarchal because patriarchal is biblical to a certain extent. We could, Mm -hmm. that's a whole different conversation of how that works. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think that just needs to be said, like we talk about these things as if it's, you know, this is just what scripture is. But I think if we're living in America, we need to be a little bit more humble about how our culture influences our reading of scripture Yeah, um, yeah. and understand. And are either we're going to say, well, no, we're right. And all these other cultures are wrong. Or we need to go, we all need to take a look at our cultural biases in terms of how that plays into how we interpret scripture. I will say yeah. I have been to a, a couple of different places where a missionary has come back in the 60s and their Christianity is then influenced by our culture. And so that's when you begin to see in other countries, women not being mm. leadership. Represented. Mm-hmm. Or because mm. uh, I went on a mission trip one time and it just depended on the region and how developed the region was and who had been there prior and whatever. There was one place that literally laughed at the fact that we had a woman who was going to preach. And she still preached and with a tattoo on her wrist. Mm -hmm. And even though that wasn't allowed, it was crazy. It was cool. There were so many awesome things that happened that night. And even I think the pastor was like, wow, thank you so much. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember that too. Like, don't just think, oh, well, I've been on a missions trip. And I remember they laughed when a woman preached. Well, you have to really look back at, okay, how did Christianity start in that region Mm. and where did it come from and Mm. what has it influenced by? Um, Would I, is it a deal breaker for me? Absolutely. (laughs) 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 I mean, even I personally disagree with Chris, like, and I think Christina too, like, I don't think I could, I don't think that I could be in a relationship with somebody that was like, I'm not there yet on this topic. (laughs) Because I've been in a relationship where my parents have been made fun of Mm -hmm. and for the way they believe. And for me, that's mm. a no, because 
I know the giftings and callings that I have over my life. And I believe that if I am going to be blessed with children one day, I don't want there to be any limits. There shouldn't yeah. be a glass ceiling that they have to break through for me. Yeah. Like there shouldn't, I shouldn't have to struggle with that in my mind. Like there are certain things that you're going to probably struggle with. And there's like, like the battles that you have to choose. That's not going to be one of them for me. Like I want to be able to pray with whoever I want to be able to serve whoever. And I'm not saying I want to be a pastor, but let's say one day I'm called into that. And then I have to all of a sudden fight and there's tension in my marriage because of that. And I, I know, mm-hmm. I know myself and I feel like I would rather not have the tension than fight through something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't believe in divorce. I don't know. There's so much stuff and we won't really know till we yeah. get there. Right. But I would rather avoid the pain and tension of certain hmm. things that I, that could be avoidable. Hmm. You know, and for me, when I think of somebody that's not okay with, at least in my experience, and it's not just like a one person experience in relationships, when somebody doesn't believe that women are equal to men, like as far as women leadership in church, I've just seen how how that influences a lot more than you think it would Mm. other areas of their life and for Mm. me that's just not okay and yeah that's all that's all i gotta say about that Mm. Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's i think that's important like when thinking about a future spouse you have those hills you're willing to die on yeah (laughs) I think it might be different for different people mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. yours is mine is well anyway um <laughs> yours is women in church leadership which is, i think is a good mine is the gifts of the holy spirit and miracles and healing um another one mm-hmm. that's that's, that's yeah. my mountain that i will fight for um <laughs> you have to i think there's certain things that it just changes everything you you see in your perspective over everything. Um, but what I was going to say was, I think with the fivefold ministry, I think one thing that's to keep in mind that I do think the American church has lost is these five roles are meant to serve the congregation. Mm-hmm. So somehow we've gotten into the way things work is leadership is you know, when we think leadership, you automatically have this higher, lower perspective. Mm-hmm. When in fact, and I think Maria, you might have hit on this a little bit, but you're, you're as a leader, <laughs> yes, you have been anointed and asked and called by God to do this, but you are actually <laughs> living a life of sacrifice mm-hmm. and you are living a life of surrender mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit. And he does judge these roles differently than he judges people who are not in these roles. It says so in scripture. Um, So you have to be walking in tune with the Holy Spirit because it says he judges like what you're teaching your flock. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're teaching them the wrong thing, you're leading an entire group of people astray. Yeah. So he, he is holding mm-hmm. you to a certain standard. So I don't think we can any longer keep having this, oh, this is my pastor. He's up here. She's up here. 
mm-hmm. and I'll just listen to whatever. Like this person needs to understand, okay, the Lord has placed me in this position mm-hmm. and I'm here to listen to what he's saying to me and I'm going to teach these people what he has told me as a vessel, mm-hmm. what the direction he wants us to go. And these people in the congregation are therefore going out into the community and into society and leading in their own spheres Mm-hmm. And so it's not, and so I just think like this hierarchical sort of thing is not necessarily evil in itself because I think it's important to have roles designated and that there is a differentiation in position. But as mm-hmm. if you are holding one of these positions, you need to understand what does that mean? It means I'm submitting to the Holy Spirit, I'm submitting to the voice of God in order to best serve the callings of the people who've been placed in my congregation, because these people have been called to something different. Just because it's not church leadership doesn't mean it's just as important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so important too, because (laughs) like in this day and age, what it seems like happens is that, there are many pastors who hold to a certain perspective. So they submit to their interpretation of scripture and they actually don't believe that the Holy Spirit still speaks, which I think is part of the problem. It's like, if you're not allowing, cause you say, you say you're going to let the Holy Spirit convict you, but yet you don't think he can speak to people still. So it's like, can he, or can he not still reach you? Like, what does that actually look like? And I think it's really because you really have to have the Holy Spirit to even discern is this person ready for that responsibility? Like whoever it is who feels like they want to pursue it, like going to seminary and getting some sort of certificate that says that you can quote this many scriptures and you had this great paper about something that doesn't make you qualified or anointed for it. Like, and especially like, since there is that glorification of the position, position, I feel like there are a lot of people who come to it in order to raise themselves up versus coming before the Lord in humility and coming before the congregation in humility. And I think if you do that mm-hmm. as a leader, mm-hmm. I think the Lord really respects that. If you can say, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying, not thus mm-hmm. it. Lord, that's like one of the first things our parents taught us is like, you don't say this is what the Lord said because you can get that wrong because you see in part and you hear in part, you say, this is what I feel the Lord is saying. And I think it shows a lot about the way you submit to God and his Lordship. Um, Yeah. And just as far as like this conversation, like I was listening to y'all's answers and I realized like really this question of, is this a deal breaker for your spouse? It's almost like, this is, is this a deal breaker for the church that you go to? Like, it's really the same conversation because it's who you're like, especially as a woman submitting yourself to for your husband, whatever that looks like submission. I think we'll talk about that later. Um, but also just like as a church where you're submitting yourself under in terms of where can God grow you into who he's called you to be. And depending on the denomination, you are limited because one thing you don't want to do necessarily is just go to a bunch of churches that believe the exact opposite and try to change them. Like 
find a space that the Lord called you to do. And maybe there is some transformation revelation that comes with your presence being there. But I wouldn't say just start going up to your pastors and being like, it shouldn't be your intention. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of like taking that out. Anyway, same thing with the person that you marry. Don't just go try to change people. I think the Lord, you should trust the Lord that he's leading your person with the same intentionality as you. Mm -hmm. Um, And my last thought, because this is something that I wrote in preparation for this topic, which was this sentence. As a woman, can I preach the gospel to every creature, but not teach the gospel to every creature? And because if God gave the mandate for every human to go out in the Great Commission and preach the gospel, and like literally the woman at the well to go and preach the gospel, does he not still entrust us to help one another, learn from one another, teach each other what the Lord is saying? And so that's all I think I really have. Like, we can talk about like, oh, leading small groups versus leading this thing versus leading this thing. I don't think at all really matters. I think it's just like, can they lead anybody or can they lead children? Because that's really what we're at right now. Mm. In some places. In some places. In some places, they not lead the children either? No, I'm just saying there's churches where women are in leadership. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. They do exist, you know. They do um, exist. We are out here. There are ministries, there are ministries that exist. Um, I think one thing I'll just say is like, I don't think people who don't think women should be in leadership are are ill-intending necessarily. No. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have a great heart um, and for whatever reason have, because it's the way they taught, what they came in through, what they were taught in seminary, like that's what they hold to. And um and they really do think it's important that it be that way. Um, so I don't think there's a, like this necessarily this, I think the enemy has a malicious agenda to keep women out of leadership. I don't necessarily think that pastors who think women shouldn't be in leadership are intending to keep women down necessarily. I think there's always a possibility for that to be the case on an individual level, just as we all have things that we struggle with. Mm. um but I, w- I would say like when someone says you know a woman doesn't have to be in leadership to be equal to a man I, I do think that is true like i don't think equality is defined by the fact that you do everything the same as every other person mm. um and so i think that argument um is yeah like if you were to argue that women have to be in leadership to be equal to men i would say that's not that's not a valid argument yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think women can and should be in leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you disagree with us, we still love you. Absolutely. <laughs> like, send like all I... of your responses to Chris by email, please, and not to any of us by DM. <laughs> <laughs> And when I'm going to give you our Instagram handle, I'm only going to give you our email <laughs> contact. We don't want to hear about anyway. <laughs> Actually, no, please do either one that works for you, whatever's the most convenient. Yes. Yeah. But somebody please you know, email. Sorry. <laughs> someday someone will. Someday someone will. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'll just say like, to that point, yeah, I mean, like I work in an environment where the vast majority 
of people that I work with um, probably attend a church of a tradition that would differ from me on this on this issue. Um, I know a lot of the students I teach probably go to churches, they'll do go to churches that would probably differ to me to a certain extent on this issue. Um, and I have great relationships with, you know, parents who are pastors um, or even just my fellow coworkers and administrators who differ on the issue. Um, so I think this is never something to be, uh, it's not worth losing friendships over. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Even though yeah. I think some people feel like mm-hmm. it's that serious. And I think, no, it, it's not that serious. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I think that goes for everything, though. Mm-hmm. Every sort yeah. of doctrinal. Like Maria was saying at the beginning, like the, the thing that unites us all is Christ in salvation mm-hmm. and redemption and sanctification. Like if we can all agree on that one thing, that should be what's... Mm-hmm holding us together yeah don't we have to canceling people just because they don't no know. canceling yes. no cancel no, I think- no cancel no no cancel podcast no no cancel podcast but i say as a church we do have to be able to have real conversations and not be not lose friendships like mm-hmm. yeah the fact that we can't have conversations about women in church leadership the fact that we can't have conversations about the gifts of the spirit and like have and like really get into it without feeling like the friendships at stake that's a problem in the body of Christ that we need to be able to say, Hey, listen, I think you're wrong, but I love you, but I think you're wrong. And it not feel like everything just fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that so often we don't have those conversations um, because we feel like if we were to bring it up and have a disagreement, it's the end of the relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So I think on both sides, whether you are for women leadership or not, whether you're for the gifts of the spirit or not, um, I think it, it is something to kind of think about your heart towards that mm-hmm. and people who disagree with you. Um, do you think you could be good friends with someone who strongly disagreed with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, that. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'm not saying you work with them, you know, like you probably won't be able to serve a ministry with them. That probably is going to be a problem, you know, but mm-hmm. you can still be friends, you know, you can still partner on things where, um, those things don't come up quite as acutely, perhaps. Yeah, I think we really need to work on resisting that spirit of offense and mm. defense, being defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something we just, we adopt that spirit too quickly in so many situations when it comes to really um, conversations that could be um, vessels of a lot of tension and I think yeah. you know it's not necessarily it's it's not it's really not necessary to be offended mm-hmm. it's really it's really not right mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's about you and your relationship with the Lord and are you right with him people will come and go in your life like it's not that big of a deal what happens you know just love them well love them well because I, yeah preface that with one thing I say all the time y'all these people you may not see them here in this life but they're all going to be there for all eternity so you know don't don't you know think heaven-minded in your relationship in terms of what the Lord calls us to do which is to love our enemies and our brothers which leaves nobody in between so love people Hmm. that's good
Yeah. Oh. With that, Chris, can you tell people our email and stuff? I just can't, I can't. remember. <laughs> we can the never email remember. address is <laughs> spicy salted chocolate at gmail.com. Again, that is spicy salted chocolate at gmail.com. The first person to send me an email, <laughs> I, I will get you a treat some way, somehow. I'm going to send you something. If you email us, I don't know what it is yet, but I will not let that go unnoticed. You're going to get a shout out on the show and I'm going to, you're going to get money spent on you, whoever you are. All right. That's where we are right now. Wow. Okay. So whoever listens to this, uh, spicy salted chocolate at Gmail doesn't count. If you DM us, that does not count because I do not see those. Um, it has to be an email. Um, yes. And don't just email to get the prize. That's weak stuff. Like actually, like, give us a comment, give us some feedback. Send us How will you know, Chris? What if I email? Like, hey, I know you can't, don't count clearly. Dang it! I know. Run that email right now. We're just gonna make a fake email address. Hi, listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> make a Juno account. Yeah. Embark. Embark. <laughs> Yahoo. You've got mail. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway. Yep. So, good thoughts, guys. I enjoyed that. So good. Well, we will see you all. Well, I guess you guys, we won't see you, but you guys will hear from us again <laughs> soon. You know? This is good. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.